Hey, welcome to Stories After Midnight. Thank you for checking out this video. Thank you for clicking on this weird little link to this story on Spotify or any other podcasting platform. I appreciate you deciding to check it out. I hope you enjoy this story. It's called There's a Secret Number You Can Text to Find Out Your Death Date by Let's Split Up from Reddit. All of us texted it. My brother, June, his wife, May, our cousins, Clara and Phil, and their partners, and me, the only single among the couples at our backyard barbecue. I was turning the dogs on the grill when June brought it up, claiming to have overheard some of the tech bros at work discussing it. You just text it, what is my death date, and it'll tell you when you're going to die. No way, gasped cousin Clara. You're kidding me. Creepy. May rubbed her arms and shivered. Bullcrap, I called. June's been a champion bullcrapper since we were little. When he met May, whose name I like to think is short for mayhem, the two hit it off like firecrackers, each trying to one-up the other with their shenanigans. Pranks that ran from the harmless, like May making caramel onions instead of apples, to the elaborate, like the week I found roaches all over my apartment even falling on me from the showerhead. June sniffed out a receipt for plastic roaches on May's credit card and convinced me to get her back with a live centipede, which I put in a cup and handed to her. Not until she screamed and flung the centipede back at me did June's maniacal cackling finally clue me in that he'd played us both. So, this death date business. Yeah, it's classic June bullcrap. He was showing off his phone. His death date was tomorrow. In rapid succession, the others all texted the number, so I went ahead and joined, even though it was just a stupid prank, and not even one of his better ones. We compared responses. Me. 9.49pm, May 15th, 2023. Clara. 11.16am, June 5th, 2040. Howie. 1.19pm, March 11th, 2027. Phil. 6.44 a.m., October 3rd, 2063. Isra, 7.53 p.m., November 7th, 2029. May, 9.45 p.m., June 11th, 2023. June, 10.53 a.m., May 12th, 2023. Tomorrow was June's, coincidentally, on his birthday. May and Clara were freaking out. They kept asking, was he scared? Wasn't he worried? Phil jokingly suggested he should lock himself up indoors and make sure to not go out anywhere, etc. Of course, June made a big production of it, texting updates all through the morning of his birthday. And then after 10.53am, nothing. June's texts just stopped. It was, of course, all completely staged. Just as cousin Clara dragged in our parents, who then called me and insisted I go check on my brother, and, honey, we know it's just June being June, but go make sure. He finally sent a video thanking everyone for the birthday wishes and exclaiming about how he'd see us all soon to celebrate his birthday. Not his death. And also how he'd gotten messages from mom and dad and so many people. And how funny it spread so far. Even his boss had called. Sometimes I wanted to strangle my little brother. So anyway, we all agreed later at his birthday party that no one was fooled, and asked who we were actually texting. 
Turned out we'd been texting Aisha, a girl he'd met and was planning to set me up with. Nice of him, though these kinds of dates rarely worked in my favor. So I added the number to my contacts and then messaged her. Hey, death date girl. Aisha, right? So my little bro dragged you into one of his evil schemes. 9.49 p.m., May 15th, 2023. Ha, <laughs> good one, but he already came clean. 9.49 p.m., May 15th, 2023. I frowned as I noticed something that I hadn't the first time around. Um, I showed the group my phone. Guys, I don't think this is Aisha. General scoffs all around, because of course they thought I was kidding. But then I opened the contacts so they could see the number. Turns out I'd been one digit off this whole time. Everyone else had been messaging Aisha and getting made-up death dates from her, but I'd messaged someone else. And when they realized this, the group sobered up. Well, 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 who did you text then? June snatched my phone, eyes bright with curiosity. I have no idea. Ask them who they are, suggested Cousin Clara. So I did. Again, the same response. 9.49 p.m., May 15th, 2023. Oh, let me try. May tapped the mystery number into her phone and whizzed off a text, and almost immediately a bell chimed with a response. 12.33 a.m., May 15th, 2023. Oh my god, you guys! Chills! squealed Clara. That is creepy, May eyed June. That's how you do a death date prank. Did you set this up? June asked her. No, I swear. All right, that's enough death dates, declared our dad. He and mom could only suffer so much of our antics. The conversation was dropped. As I was heading back home later, June approached me. He seemed annoyed, convinced either I or someone else was copying his idea, which he claimed wasn't funny since he'd already done it. Apparently, he really wanted to know who was behind it. I told him I had no clue, but just his asking set a cold pin of anxiety in my brain. After all, if it wasn't someone in our family group, whose number was that? Imagining some stranger texting back sent icy fingers tracing the flesh of my neck. June grumbled that it was probably May, then smiled and encouraged me to give Aisha a ring. Try to be cool, he said, and less of a stick in the mud. I think the word you're looking for is responsible, I suggested. Serious, mature, all synonyms for boring. I flipped him the bird and then I forgot about the whole death date thing for a few days. I didn't even remember it until today, when I went to message Aisha and got that same response. 9.49pm, May 15th, 2023. Ah, I'd forgotten to delete the death date number from my contacts after putting her name in. I did so now. I was about to message the real Aisha when curiosity brought me back to the death date number again. Now just coming up as unknown on my phone, I messaged, Who is this? 9.49pm, May 15th, 2023. May? 9.49pm, May 15th, 2023. Screw it. I borrowed a coworker's phone, asking if I could send a quick text since mine was dead. A white lie. Sometimes I could be as sneaky as June. And I sent to the same number the original question again. When is my death date? 9.49pm, May 15th, 2023. The hairs on the back of my neck prickled. 
How the hell had this number responded with the same exact date and time to a completely different phone? The sudden icy grip of fear was impossible to ignore. I called June, but I went to voicemail. Moments later, my phone buzzed. It was June. Work. I sent a rapid series of texts explaining. One sec. I got 9.42 p.m. May 15th, 2023. Probably May. <laughs> LOL. A few hours later, June met me at my townhouse. He told me flatly that he couldn't figure out who owned the number. And it struck me that, given he works at a tech company, he probably tried all sorts of tricks to track it down. Annoying as he could be, he's incredibly smart. The fact he hadn't figured out where it came from made the knot in my gut tighten. A horrible dread settled over me. I'm sure it's just May. She's been out all day and hasn't been responding to any of my texts, but she set this whole thing up to freak us out. June spoke casually, rolling his eyes. He didn't like to admit when something got under his skin, ever. But having grown up with him, I could spot it in the tension around his eyes, the way his smile didn't reach them. I called May's phone, straight to voicemail. She's at a show with Clara and her mom, June said. Been going on about it all week. No coincidence, the show ends just a half hour before our death date. Give her enough time to rush over here to scare us. It's part of this whole thing. Trust me, she'll be here soon. And then he grinned, pointing at my laptop. You're typing this all up? Started typing earlier this afternoon. Documenting in case. Well, just in case. That's great. Oh, I... I know some people you can send it to, you know, make a viral. Zero interest, I said. He rolled his eyes. It's like you don't even want a girlfriend. 9.39. Still no answer from May. Suddenly my phone vibrated. June always kept his on silent, but his eyes darted to it when the screen lit up. He blinked and showed it to me. We both had the same text. From an unknown caller. Knock, knock. Downstairs from the front door of the townhome came knocking. June jumped. Oh, he nodded. May is good. I take it back. She's giving us a good scare. I was too freaked out to say anything. I just really hoped it was May. June shouted. May, is that you? There was tension in his frame as he called again. Then he put his phone to his ear and snickered. I heard it too. A tinkling sound of bells from somewhere just outside the front door. May's ringtone. She was outside. June pulled the phone from his ear and called out. Caught you, May. We know it's you. He smirked at me. Back in a sec, he said and hurried down. My phone buzzed again. Knock, knock. From downstairs, the click of the front door latch. I looked at the time on my phone. 9.41. June's time was almost up. May really did plan it all perfectly so she could arrive right when she was supposed to meet his end. I heard June calling out the front door for May, probably hiding somewhere to pounce on him. A moment later, I heard the scuff of him putting his shoes on and stepping outside. My phone buzzed. It was June. Be back in a sec. I was about to close the browser. This browser, with the window open to the account I'd been documenting all of this, when my phone buzzed again. This time it wasn't June or the unknown number. It was Cousin Clara. Hey, have you heard from May? Yeah, why? Oh, thank goodness. She was supposed to meet me and mom. The big show? We got really worried. All our calls went to voicemail. Can you ask her why she didn't come? The show? June had mentioned the show, too. 
and now I remember May talking about that show at the barbecue, how she spent weeks trying to get those tickets. And she missed it? Sudden sickness twisted in my stomach, the dread dialing up from a tingle to a horrid lurch, like the floor had just been ripped out from under me. I hollered, June, did you find her? My phone buzzed. It was June. Knock, knock. The rapping on the door was so loud I jumped. It wasn't down the steps at the front of the building, but right outside my living room door. I hadn't heard any footsteps come up the stairs. Uh, hello? I said. Let us in, called June. Relief flooded me at the sound of his voice. I got up from my laptop and reached for the knob. I don't know why I hesitated suddenly. I just... The feeling of dread was like a noose being pulled around my neck, cutting off the air. A warning. Some primitive instinct. Why hadn't there been footsteps? I called June's phone. It rang for a while, then went to voicemail. Why aren't you answering your phone? I asked. Silence, then June's voice near enough that it was clear there was only the wooden door between us. Because I'm... right outside the door. How do I know it's you? His refusal to answer his phone stuck in my mind like a chicken bone caught in my throat. The explosion of my phone's ringtone made me jump. I picked up the call and June's voice said into my ear, Happy now? Yes, I said, relieved. Knock, knock, he said, and I could almost hear his smile. Let us in. No. Bro, June sounded annoyed. My phone buzzed, and it was June, with a sad face emoji. I quickly tapped back. After 9.50pm, another sad face. He knocked on the door. Let us in, he added. You're being ridiculous, bro. He banged on the door. Just open the door, it's us. Where's May? I shot back. A long pause, and still no rustling or footsteps or any other human sounds. Then May's sing-song voice. Open the door. In five minutes, I said. It was 9.45. You seriously want us to just stand here in your hallway for five minutes? Snapped June. Come on. Let us in, chimed May. Let us in, thundered June. But the more they demanded I open the door, the more my pulse raced and my hands slicked with sweat. Why did it matter so much? What was five minutes? Sometimes with siblings, you get in these power struggles. That was what this felt like. Like maybe it was just June trying to make me do things his way, annoyed with me trying to control him. Only, I wasn't trying to control him or May. I was genuinely afraid, and I refused to open that door. The shouting and pleading continued, and my phone suddenly began vibrating so much that I had to snatch it up to prevent it falling off the desk. The texts were coming non-stop as the door kept rattling. Knock, 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 knock. At 9.49 p.m., the sound suddenly ceased. I waited several minutes, frozen in terror, and finally went to the door, hands trembling, wrapped my fingers around the knob, and opened it. There was nobody in the hallway, only a few dirty tracks. Strange, June always removed his shoes before coming up. The front door was wide open, a cool breeze blowing in. I wandered down and peeked outside, then closed it. Maybe they were in it together, 
Maybe they were pulling some elaborate prank, like with the cockroaches. I went back upstairs and called June's phone again, hoping he'd pick up, but there was no answer. I called and called, but got nothing. I was just about to go out and look for him again when I noticed something face down on the sofa. June's phone. He must have left it in my living room when he went down to get May. I picked it up and saw my missed calls, as well as a bunch of texts from Clara asking about May in the show. He knew May was missing before he arrived. That explained why he was so tense, but he didn't want to admit it, thinking she was just one-upping him on his prank. That also explained why he'd been so relieved, in such a hurry to go meet her, when he'd heard her ringtone. I also checked his text history. None of his knock-knock messages after he left came from his phone. It's now near 10.30 according to the analog clock on my bookshelf, and I'm freaked out because my phone and laptop are both frozen at 9.49pm and have been for the past half hour. I tried calling mom, tried calling dad or cousin Clara and, or anybody, but the line is busy. No matter who I ring, it's busy, and my laptop, like all the frozen technology, isn't working. Luckily I can still type in the window that's already open, so that's what I've been doing documenting, praying I'll be able to post this and, and get help. My phone just buzzed. It's coming from June. Knock, knock. And now the phone slips out of my fingers, and icy claws rake down my spine, because the knocking came from inside the room, and suddenly I remember how I peeked out the door earlier before I realized the clocks were frozen and words are now flashing across my laptop on their own, as fast as I can think them. And let me finish typing for you, as June's voice chuckles like he always did when he landed a really good prank, back when he was alive. And he whispers right in my ear, Hey, thanks for letting me in. I hope you enjoyed that story. A little bit freaky one, eh? I feel like the last few have definitely been uh, on the hair-raising side of things. Anyway, if you enjoyed the story, which I hope you did, let me know. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, comment, like, whatever you choose. If you're listening to this in the podcast, then let me know on Twitter. Or not. It's totally cool. I just hope that you enjoyed it. And uh, maybe we will see you in the next one. So that's it for me. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon.